Dark save for light being cast from the big TV screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning. Hey, George. Hey, Lions. How goes it? I'm trying to decide what my wish would be if I won the competition. Like, if I had access to this weird monkey's paw, kind of the devil, sort of a genie, like. What would I wish for if I won Twisted Metal this Christmas? Which, by the way, weird aside, this entire event is apparently happening at Christmas time. <laughs> I think I think we all know what we would wish for, which is for everyone to, you know, like, subscribe, and to leave comments, you know, below in the podcast. That was a hell of a segue, sir. That's that yeah, good. That's good. Yeah, I'm pretty pretty <laughs> proud of myself. Actually, um, so so for my reward, I'm going to tell a tangential story just right off the bat. <laughs> so, so this is this I is did good. I me. get a treat now. <laughs> Which is to be fair, what my son does sometimes. I'll be like, "Great job," and he goes, "Good," and then just goes to get a cookie. I'm like, "I didn't say you could have a cookie. I said good job." But um, no. Uh, on the monkey's paw wish, I was playing D and D a while back, and I, I was I was DMing. And so the group was trying to bargain with a, a devil, you know, so it's it, I, I always try to very much so monkey's paw that stuff. So they were on like a, another plane, like lost, you know, trying to get home. And so they said, you know, I, I want to make a deal with this devil. I was like, OK, yeah, man, whatever. It's D&D, man. You can do whatever you want. Right. And he goes, I want him. He, I, say, I say to him, I want you to help us get home. And like he says, done. He goes, wait, wait, wait. I want you. <laughs> to help us get home alive and well. And I was like, okay, done. Wait, 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 wait. I want you to help us get back to our home <laughs> alive and well. And I was like, okay, 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 okay. He says he agrees. And they lit, they lit him up and like, he disappears immediately. And, they, and they're like, what? I'm like, not killing you is helping you get home alive and well and they're like look that's actually probably the best we could have hoped for <laughs> so let's just all walk away from this situation like it was very much so a mexican standoff but that, as i was watching some of the endings to this i was just kind of like this is very much so like a faustian covenant yeah and i mean we're we're gonna have to talk about the endings at the end of the the episode because oh my god the story in this universe just oh my god um yeah but yeah let's do all of our top of the show stuff uh so uh, we played twisted metal 2 for the original mm-hmm. PlayStation. And as I was typing this sentence into my notes, I realized this is the uh, least questionable statement I've ever typed into my notes, which is this game came out in America in 1996. Yes. Right. Yes, it did. Everything about the way it looks and sounds and plays the whole theme screams America on the PlayStation in 1996. Like no one who knows anything about any of those things would ever question whether or not that's a true statement. And now here's the interesting thing. Well, okay. No, actually let's put a pin in that and get back to visuals, but, but talking about the the nineties visual style, I have a, 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 a caveat slash comment to that. But um, <laughs> what, what is your nostalgia experience for this? So, so uh, you messaged me uh, in, in the chat uh, the other night and you were like, 
this really feels like it's meant for couch co-op. And uh, I spent most of my time playing this game in couch co-op. So <laughs> I, I played this game a fair amount alone in the way you would train for like a boxing match where like I wasn't playing it alone because I necessarily enjoyed it alone. And I'm not saying I didn't, but I was playing it entirely because I knew I was going to go play it at Brian's house. It's like, Mm. well, when I get over there, like I don't want him to just punch me in the face a bunch. I'd like to also punch him in the face a bunch. Right. So, so there's like this kind of, you're you're playing the single player in anticipation of the co-op and i don't think that's a bad thing but like that's how my memory of this game is entirely colored is that all of my single player was just in preparation for when i played it with another person and unfortunately on this playthrough i didn't get to play it with anyone else i i did it all you know the single player story which is still i mean it's it's functionally the exact same game you just miss out on some of the shenanigans that happen when you can like screen watch or like elbow your friend in the hand so he drops his control all the <laughs> all the crazy nonsense that like kids do when they're playing on the couch together right um and for me like i i, I had not played this game before but my nostalgic experience for this is one where it was uh definitely a I, I was kind of like peripherally aware of this game and it came actually screaming into the forefront of my knowledge recently because i watched the youtube channel death battle and they did (laughs) um joker versus sweet tooth and i'm like well i know who one of these two people are and then i went in and looked up sweet tooth i'm like what is happening (laughs) and so i started digging into it a little bit more and i was like oh okay so this is a and this is kind of my top level takeaway of this thing which i was this was a racing game for the ps1 that went all mortal Kombat. And decided to create like this insane growing universe like year over year, you know, to the point where like now there is there's the people who play Twisted Metal because it's like a fun racing deathmatch game. And the people who actually know the lore, like the same way there are people who (laughs) know Mortal Kombat and then know the lore of Mortal Kombat where there's just two completely different levels, you know. So uh, so that's that's my kind of peripheral knowledge of this game. Yeah, and and Sweet Tooth's ending is, I think, the most twisted metal of the endings. And Sweet Tooth is definitely the most twisted metal character because he is an insane clown who drives an ice cream truck that's partially on fire. And I mean, what more is there to say than any of that? Like, that's, no, you, you now have all of the foundation you need to leap to any insane conclusion that will probably be correct. No, there, there's a lot of enough said in this, you know, kind of thing where it's like, <laughs> you know, well, what, what's what's this person's deal? And it's like, well, they had their arms removed and then surgically tied to giant steering wheels and rocket launchers were put on their shoulders. What else do I need to know about him? Is that not enough? I think that's pretty much all you need to know about them. Like he also any... prefers blues to jazz. What is wrong with you? Yeah, <laughs> it's like any anything that would psychologically come after that came after that. You know, like it's <laughs> the end of the story is exactly what you would expect. When the beginning of the story is he had his arms removed, tied to two giant tires, and put rocket launchers on his shoulders, and then everything that was going to happen happened. 
So you want to shill some stuff, man? <laughs> um, I mean, I'm I'm actually pretty happy with the the gorilla shilling that you did at the top there. Sweet, um, let's do it. Yeah. So so I'm I'm actually good to jump straight into visuals, assuming my wish is granted, driver. Um, man, okay. So uh, here's my side story. Um, the second I beat this game and got the first bit of dialogue in the conclusion from Calypso, I was like, mm-hmm. <gasps> my 10-year-old self just realized that my 30-something-year-old self can probably impersonate his voice pretty well. And it turns out <laughs> I can. So <laughs> that was like a weird, right? Because when you're a kid, you don't really think like, one day I may sound like this adult, or at least I don't remember ever thinking like that. And so, mm-hmm. you know, jumping back into my childhood mind to play this game and then jumping forward into my adult body, I was like, <gasps> I don't have any of his powers, but I can kind of talk like him. Win? I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for me, the first note that I have on visuals, which is kind of the thing that I want to come back to, is, is I literally have artwork is very, very 90s, right? But here's the thing, is that we've said that before on this show. We said it for <laughs> for things like Earthworm Jim, right? Prapper the Rapper. You know, and Prapper the Rapper and things like that. This is not that. This is <laughs> so, and and so I think that the difference is that if if you know Earthworm Jim is a '90s cartoon show, this is a '90s comic book. Well, you, you know, so I you've read a lot more comics than I did, uh, particularly in in your younger life. Did you ever read Spawn? Uh, and so and I, I want to show this to you because the, the exact note I had is artwork, very nineties, open parenthesis, Todd McFarlane, close parenthesis, who is the artist for spawn. Yeah. That's, so yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> so I was trying to explain what the tone of this world was like to someone. And I was like, well, it's like super nineties. Like there's a lot of like, gr- it's grungy and gritty and I was like, I was just struggling. And finally, I was like, did any of your friends have HBO when you were a kid? Did you ever see Spawn? Did you ever go over to your <laughs> friend's house who had like the the hack TV box where they got HBO even though they didn't pay for HBO and you watched the Spawn cartoon? It's kind of like playing the Spawn cartoon. And unfortunately, the person I was talking to was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But I was like, ah, yeah. crap, because that's really the best I can possibly do. <laughs> Yeah, no, it is absolutely 100% right up that alley. I mean, and, and again, I, I wasn't reading tremendous amounts of comics in the 90s, you know, um, when they were coming out. But I did uh, I did read, you know, I, I've gone back and read some of them. And it is very like the animation is just one-to-one almost exactly, you know, like where it's got like those like very hard lines. Everything's very angular. So kind of everyone looks a little bit like a demon, you know, lots Um, of really heavy shadows, even where they don't always make sense because of the light source. Yeah. Because it's like all very harsh lighting. Um, You know, everybody's facial expressions are hyper exaggerated, especially like evil smiles. They basically smile all the way back to their, like literally grinning from ear to ear. Yeah, you know? yeah, Calypso. It, if that face isn't a straight ripoff of the Joker, that person is like, how? How could you? And I don't mean that in like a bad way. Like the Joker is an amazing character to rip off because it's so iconic. But the the close up in like the endings and during the 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 like little uh, prologue thing at the be- the prologue movie, I guess at the beginning, 
it's it's the pointed chin the you can see the gums and like into his cheeks like because he's mm-hmm. smiling so very like that is exactly how the joker smiles so it just hit me calypso is what would happen if the joker and lex luther used the patara earrings <laughs> <laughs> right like yeah, if, if yeah. you took the joker and fuse it with lex luther because think right you, not only is the is the look just like right there with that crazy smile but wearing a suit you know um but like he's he is clearly some kind of a bajillionaire in order to like put on this this thing and he also has like this you know magic powers or whatever but like he is he he enjoys creating this like big tournament so everybody consumes themselves. He is very much so like, I will grant you any wish that you want, but in order to see the true chaos burn, yeah. I mean, I think that that if you basically said fusion ha and then <laughs> Joker and Lex Luthor, which I know is a fusion dance, not the Patara earrings, don't at me. Um <laughs> then you would get Calypso. Yeah. I also uh I, I accept that headcanon extra super because if the Joker uh, and and Lex Luthor fused, the first thing Lex Luthor would do would be grow his hair super long, right? And Calypso, oh, yeah. Calypso has like waistline there. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he, he he would be like, oh, well, finally, finally. I mean, dude, if you and I did the fusion dance, the first thing I'd do <laughs> is take your luscious, luscious hair. Yeah, I mean, you know, I can't blame you. But so actually, I do have an interesting way to connect this back to visuals that I hadn't thought of on my own. So I'm glad we're we're diving in this hard on the cutscene visuals because the gameplay visuals are actually really bright. Like everywhere mm-hmm. you go, even places that are supposed to be dark, they're still, the colors are like super saturated and mm-hmm. it doesn't, I don't think it really takes away from anything that everything is like bright and colorful because it's still grainy and gritty in the way like a lot of PS one games were, but I appreciate that everything is super saturated because you can always see what's going on. You can't always control anything and we'll get to that, but you can always see like, there's a car, there's not a car. Here comes a missile. Oh God, I'm on fire. Right? Like it's always, even the levels that are at night or where you're in like an enclosed area, there's always, uh, what would you call it? Like omnidirectional light just coming from everywhere, right? Nothing ever awkwardly casts a shadow that makes it impossible to see what you're doing. And and I like that because that is a visual design choice that is massively in support of the gameplay. There's going to be a ton of crap going on all the time. There's, I think, up to 10. I think the largest battlefield has nine combatants plus you. So 10 drivers on a single battlefield, missiles and explosions and special weapons going off every which way. Like gritty shadows would not enhance my experience. Please just let me see what's going on. So even though when you compare the the reds and the like the dark reds and the blacks of the cutscenes to fairly vibrant, highly saturated colors in the actual gameplay, I think it's probably the right choice. Oh, I, I would agree with that because I, I think that they wanted it to be, you know, like you said, it's going to be very chaotic. They wanted for when you to get hit, for you to have some idea of what's going on. You know, they never wanted you to be like, like, I don't know what's happening. Like, I just lost health. What happened? Like, even when I was getting, you know, just beaten into the ground, I was aware of why like i was getting beaten into the ground which is actually another note that i had on visuals which is i think that the hud is pretty elegant um because first of all it does give you a radar of where everyone is at which i think is hypercritical this game would be bananas frustrating (laughs) if you 
if you if you didn't know where everyone was, right? So I mean, especially like in the beginning, it's a little bit a little bit less necessary because you know there's eight different people there, so you're just kind of desperately trying to you know hunt people down and kill them, and there's no shortage of people. But when there's like one or two left, you need to be able to feel comfortable that if you decide to lose them because you need to go get power-ups that you'll be able to find them again on your terms you know so that you're not just going to like turn a corner and then all of a sudden 50 missiles are going to hit you and you're just going to explode you know about how far away from them you are so you can run away go collect yourself and then come back if that didn't exist then disengaging from combat would actually be more burdensome like it would be way too high of a risk because then all of a sudden it's very much it's very hunger games you know at that (laughs) point so so i think that that was the right choice also with the hud that they've got the um the name of who you're attacking and that's also their health bar you know i think it's i think the name that shows up is whoever is physically closest to you or the last person you shot Okay. Because like that, if, that if, you, if you drive, the only reason I say that is because there were a couple times where like I came flying into battle and realized I was about to get blindsided by someone because I was deeply focused on like the four people in front of me, but on on the HUD it's like Warthog and I'm like Warthog's not in front of me and it's because Warthog is coming up on the side right? <laughs> because he was way closer at that moment. So it's. Either way, whether whether I'm right or not, like having that there with the health meter, super good, jolly good. Yeah. So I mean, you know that, and 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 to your note with the uh, the very clear visuals, I I think that they very much so didn't want this to be scary. Like this isn't supposed to be a horror game. It's supposed to be a an action game. You know, it has. It's almost silly. Like it's 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 serious to the point of being ludicrous. Right. This game is, but I mean, like if we, if we kind of look, use the action versus horror aesthetic, this game is predator, not alien, you know? (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, like the idea is that like, yeah, there's a whole bunch of crazy horrifying stuff going on and the aesthetic is very, you know, terrifying, but I'm empowered, you know, I've got guns strapped to my car and rockets and I, I am equipped to deal with this. If they did, you know, desaturate everything and then turn the lighting way down and took away the, the HUD, you know, then it would, it would be like a, like you are being hunted and trying to hunt. Uh, and that wouldn't have been, that's not what they're going for. They're going for way over the top nineties gore fest, you know, and, and very, uh, that very existential theme of like, you know, life doesn't matter, you know, <laughs> and your dreams are whatever you make from, but even your dreams are meaningless. It's, 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 it starts it, it walks up to the high dive of existentialism and then jumps right off in the pure nihilism you know it just <laughs> when well, i but, tell me if you think this the camera choice supports this cuz i think that the fact that there are no artistic camera choices of any kind there's no action camera shots to make you feel super cool and empowered but there's also no like scary i can't tell what's going on you are always dead center of the screen or i should say you're always uh you know vertically or horizontally centered and then vertically toward the bottom right so you're you have maximum field of vision at all times there there's very few instances even if you like drive into a corner where the camera freaks out most of the time you have the most field of vision you could possibly have which is 
not, I don't know if I'd go so far as to call it empowering, but it's certainly not disempowering, right? You never mm-hmm. feel like, oh, I can't see what's going on. I don't know what's happening, right? Like you always, the game is always showing you the most it could possibly be showing you without having more screen real estate. Because I mean, it's it's 4-3, unfortunately. Right. Um, and I, this may be a feature that I had that I missed. The one thing that I think, I, I, do, I do like that, right? But the one thing that, aside from having a camera that you can control, um, which, you know, was impossible with this controller setup, right? Which we can get into in controls <laughs> mechanics. But this, you know, if you, if you want to hear our thoughts on, you know, single single stick controls in this era, I mean, listen to, I, I feel like that we kind of have to put like basically the equivalent of a verbal link, you know, hyperlink <laughs> in, in our show notes. Like go back to Mario 64. Anytime you want to hear our thoughts on that, go back to Mario 64. All of these games, same note. Um, so outside of that is what they could have done to potentially be clever is have a button that 180s the camera. Well, you I know? mean, a lot of racing games do that. It's the rear view mirror view, right? Right. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I, I didn't, did, did I miss it? Did this game have that? I mean, if it did, I wasn't exposed to it during this entire playthrough. So right. I'm going to say so, either no or it's so difficult to reach for during all of the other shenanigans that maybe I just didn't, effect, <laughs> didn't it effectively puzzle it out. No. Yeah. If, if practically no, then effectively no. Um, so, so yeah, so I think that, that that would be my only note there is to say if, you know, like, I, I like that big forward vision, but like there were times when I was getting tagged from behind. And again, I knew that I knew what was hitting me. I could guess it who was hitting me. I, I knew what was going on, but it would have been nice to be able to just press a button and glance in my effectively my rear view mirror. I wouldn't have done it like a, an actual guy looking at a rear view mirror. I just would have 180 the camera and said, this is what's going on behind you. And that actually would have helped also too with the, um, process of backing up but we'll get into that in controls and we will i know a lot of times we say that we won't get into stuff in control that we'll get into stuff in controls and we won't get oh we're, get, we're getting into that we're getting into how one backs up in this game <laughs> so um i just i had to check so i brought up like a map of the controls and mm-hmm. uh it doesn't look like you can do um any kind of rear camera um but as a teaser for controls there are things you can do that I did not remember that you can do, and they are bizarre. Uh, we'll get there. Um, so the one other thing I wanted to make sure I said about the radar, just because once I noticed it, it like it was like a tiny little splinter in my mind, is the radar is they min-maxed function over form. Like if you actually look at the radar, not take in the information the radar is giving you, but if you actually look at it it is so shockingly boring right it's there's <laughs> there's no map or topographical or surface information there's no telemetry of any kind inside the radar rectangle and the all of the characters are a single square in their primary color which is actually i mean assuming you're not colorblind is a really good way to convey that information because it's like oh, there's only one person in a pink Cadillac. That must be Thumper. There's only one, you know, like each of the main colors, right? Like Warthog is brown because he's in like the tank thing, right? So eat or it's kind of like a Humvee, I guess. Anyway, but like you very quickly learn, oh, that color is that person. So when I see them on the radar, I know 
who's over there, not just that someone is over there. But if you really stop and look at the radar, it's like they—that's it. Like they couldn't—they couldn't make it like the first letter of their name or like their initials or something. In case I am colorblind, they couldn't give me like a little bit of topographical information if they're above me or below me. I think they flicker if they're not on the same level as you, like their square like blinks, but does it blink differently if they're above you than if they're below you? Like it's, it, it feels like they did the absolute bare minimum to make the radar maximally useful and then said no other features. Like we're not, <laughs> we are shipping no additional work on this radar. It does everything that all of our customers said they wanted and it does nothing else. <laughs> so it was a level of quality for which the client was willing to pay. Yeah, pretty much. And I mean, I'm I'm with you. You said like the game would be really obnoxious if that wasn't there. And I agree a hundred percent, but they did the least amount visually they could possibly do to make the radar useful. The one counter that I would say to in, in defense of it, uh, and everything you have said is true. Um, but the one, one thing I could say is that I think that the radar is maximized for viewing in your peripheral because i think very very rarely if ever was i staring directly at the radar most of the time i I was using it like just in my peripheral so any kind of topographical information any of that you know any anything else that would have cluttered it up would have made you made it harder for you to just be seeing it out of the corner of your eye you know you know what this is why Mm. there is no rear view because you get very accurate placement information from the radar. So if you see mm. a bunch of colored squares right below the center of the radar, that means they are directly behind you because that is all that can ever mean. True. My, my main thing with the rear view is, is that, that that is just the rear view for, for visual information coming in would be nice. Um, the, the help with the controls of backing up. <laughs> would be super clutch but we'll get to that in controls (laughs) that was just my way of 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 shoehorning in a one additional jab it's like the you know all right while we're waiting for this i'm going to play minecraft oh my kids play that i don't like these little jabs you get in elon this was yeah this was that um yeah i don't have oh no sorry the the one other thing i did want to say about the visuals um is I, I generally have praise for the comic book uh, prologue and uh, ending and the character selection screen. Um, prologue and ending? Prologue and epilogue. Like it, 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 <laughs> no, the, the right? endings of this. There's the prologue at the beginning that does the setup, but then each okay. character has their own conclusion to their story if you win. Right. Those aren't... Would you call those epilogues? I wouldn't. I don't know. I feel like prologue and i don't know uh, let me I, i'm, I'm going to move back to my fortress okay. of solitude and the opening that. and closing the, thank you <laughs> <laughs> where, where they do the that that animation right because the yeah. um characters like screen has that art style on it but not any animation and then the opening and closing has animation and it is the laziest flash animation like where it's just solid drawings are then like warped and stretched and squashed to create a semblance of movement. And sometimes it's good. Most of the time it's innocuous, but man, when it looks bad, it looks bad. And it's not because it aged poorly. It's because it never looked good, right? Like (laughs) taking 
you know, you ever take silly putty and like put it on the newspaper comics and like then you stretch mm-hmm. it out and make everybody look like a a a, a, a Cronenberg, right? Like, you, yeah, you, there's no way to make that look good. Like the point is that it looks terrible. So the fact that they chose that as their animation style just seems it seems like they did it for budget, right? Because drawing mm-hmm. more drawings would cost more money and money is the opposite. Spending money is the opposite of what they were trying to do. They're trying to make money. So exactly. like, I, I, <laughs> I get it, but it, it really feels like, could you not have spent yeah. like a few hundred extra dollars, even if just more static images that you just like quickly cut between, like just don't awkwardly squash and stretch these like paper doll people it's just ugh, i don't like it and and i i'm sure i never liked it because i can't imagine looking at that and being like ah silly putty great yeah neat yeah and and just just so you know um so i agree with you um and just so you know epilogue a section or speech at the end of a book or play that serves as a comment or as a conclusion to what has happened so i think i think you could reasonably say it's an epilogue uh Look, look, <laughs> neither of us are going to be happy with the way this ends. <laughs> nope. All right. Audio? <laughs> Audio. Um, actually, I had one final thing for visuals, which was um, there are people blowing up at some points in the game when you end them over, because, of course, there are. Um, oh, the now splatter. Audio. Holy crap, the splatter. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, they, they, ex- they explode like like it's an anime game because you know i i'm convinced that anime characters or manga characters in particular um have like five thousand gallons of blood in them you it's know like a tarantino film yeah where it's just kind of like how <laughs> do, no there's not i mean violation of law the conservation of vault mass you know like it, it you 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 have clearly bled five thousand gallons of blood. The average gallon of blood weighs X amount per thing. You didn't weigh this much beforehand, <laughs> unless it's like a, a an envy situation from Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, where you know it's just like she steps on the ground and it's like you know oh, that, that was good. It's a good show. Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, he, audio was, was it? He changed his density. I think that was how he was able to shape shift. It's like when he was small, he was just really dense. Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, it was still actually wasn't a law violation of law of the conservation of mass. They they were still that massive. Right. You know, Ugh. they they had God, they had the same good. mass because of course they did because it's Full Metal Alchemist. That's the one rule <laughs> is you can't. The one rule is science. Yeah. The one rule is it's science magic, and sometimes Nazis. Um, <laughs> audio. Yeah. Um. I w- when I was writing down my notes about the background music, I had this. Uh, odd thought where I was like, oh, the music in this is good. Like it's really on theme. Like it's it's it sets the tone. It feels pretty like nineties rock. I can't think of how a single song in this game goes. Which is like <laughs> it I like this music is background music to like the nth degree, right? This is the kind of background music that someone who composes music for a movie has to be the kind of person who wants to just give their art to the world, but never be appreciated for it because all of the music in this game is really good. I bet. Uh, right. Like I just, <laughs> I just can't like none of it gets internalized. It's not that kind of music. It is 
rock for the sake of being background rock music while rockets are firing. Like it's, it's, it's rock under rockets. Like, and that's, that's not a bad thing. This is not a complaint, but it's just so weird to say it was really good. I can't remember any of it. It's a elevator rock music. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It's music. It's rack. (laughs) Um, I would, I would agree with you with the exception with one notable exception. The, it's not the name of it, but the Paris level. No, it's Paris. It, it it is, but the name of it's something else. It's called something else. Oh it's yeah, they, like, they all have uh, they all have a you know Goldeneye James Bond colon Goldeneye 007 and the yeah, and the quest for the philosopher's stone style <laughs> <laughs> and the quest to open the bakery. <laughs> um, but uh, the the so the Paris level right is. Um, it was a rock version of the song Frere Jacques, which I. <sighs> You're totally right. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, and I was like, I, I like this. This is, this is nice because, and again, that I think it, it, to, to, to make myself sound more erudite than somebody who's like, huh, neat is that further fits into the theme of nineties America. Because if you said, okay, all right, I need to know, the music that would be playing in a a child's head in the '90s in America when they were going on a rampage in Paris, it's like it would be a rock version of. It's like, would it be a rock version of this new, you know, French pop song, or maybe you know, like this this EU version of? No, it would be Frere Jacques, the one French song that any American child knows, and it would be the rock version of it. You know, so yeah. it's, it's very on theme. You know, which makes me feel bad if. Uh, there's an equivalent like Holland and Hong Kong and Brazilian <laughs> song, but we just, we only know Frere Jacques. <laughs> well, and this is a story I'm I'm sure I've told you, but I haven't told the world. But uh, when I was, when I was younger and working at a uh, movie co, um, you know, I was working there with a uh, foreign exchange student and she was from Ireland and uh, we had gotten to know each other pretty well. So, uh, and also keep in mind everyone, I was 17 at the time. So, you know, not, not, not the most uh, well-rounded. I was about as well-rounded as the average 17-year-old. Um, but I said, like, hey, you know, we've, we've known each other for a while. Can I, can I get you to say something for me? It's, it's really dumb. And she's like, what? And I was like, can you say they're after me, Lucky Charms? And she said, you know, and, and she, she was a good sport. She said it for me. I was like, all right, neat. And I thought we were done. And she says, well, now you've got to say something for me. And I said, what? I'm, I'm American. Like, what, what would I say? And she said, can you say howdy, cowboy? I was like, Really? And she's like, yeah, I'm like, so that's that's still how you like, we're all cowboys. And she's like, yeah, of course. And I was like, huh. So, I mean, I said it and, you know, we had we had a laugh, but like that that to me would be the, the same thing here. Is It's like, I wonder what that because there, there would be one, you know, it's just like, what what is it, though? What is it? So I have never forgotten that story because <laughs> it pains me terribly <laughs> to think that everyone outside of North America thinks of Americans as like yeehaw, like Adam Cowboy, like uh, yeah. And it's not that I have anything. Yeah. Like I'm, you know, I live in 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 an area where that kind of person is actually pretty common, right? Those sorts of folks are all over the area that I live in. I don't have anything against people like that or into that culture or people who actually grew up as a part of it and aren't just putting on a ridiculous front, but. I'm not like that. And so it's 
that's the problem, no, right? You're a cowboy. It's, yeah, even positive stereotypes are still negative because they're stereotypes, right? Like, like, oh, all you know, black guys are great dancers, and it's like, but you feel bad for the one who's not because, right? And like, if someone came over from Europe and they were like, oh, but but you're like a cool cowboy because like all Americans are like rough, tough cowboys. I'm like, no, nah, I'm more of a cries during chick flicks kind of American. <laughs> do you do you have anything funny that an American like that could say? Because it's not howdy, y'all. <laughs> it's more like i really felt the notebook was really good callback and yeah yeah no no i feel you <laughs> but but so the re- the reason why i mentioned that though is because i you know if somebody had said like oh well, what's like a, a very irish thing to say like i could rattle off you know 15 different things right you know but if it's like well what's but i never thought that there was an american equivalent but of course there was so there has to be like the well what's the american music for this you know like what's what's the american music you know like <laughs> so it, it exists it's it's got to i just i don't know what it is I, but um i wouldn't be surprised honestly if it's like what we think of as classic rock like queen or or elvis yeah. I'd, I'd buy Ooh, elvis 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 michael jackson yeah yeah one of those singers that like transcended their genre completely and so that's like when this game was released in the EU or in the Asia Pacific region, I want to believe that when you play in LA and New York, <laughs> that's it's like some random like Jackson five song or Elvis, because one that ties this back to music. And two, <laughs> I think <laughs> that would actually be really awesome if they, when they regionalized it, they were like, okay, now in your country, we're going to make fun of what they think you do all the time. <laughs> See, now I just really want to be playing the very last level of this very dark and gritty, you know, Faustian covenant bearing game, reminiscent in animation style to spawn, you know, as you're climbing the ladder to the very last boss hearing, do, 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 you went to school to learn, girl, things you never, never knew before, you know, like I would. And I, now I kind of just want to go back through the game, turn off the sound, and just listen to that while I play. <laughs> That'd be um, amazing. <laughs> so, so uh, I, I actually don't. I mean, like, so those are my notes for music. I don't have really anything for the sound effects. I mean, like, there there weren't any places where I felt that the sound enhanced or detracted from gameplay it's you know the explosions are explosions they're what i would expect explosions to sound like you know there wasn't any time where i was being fed audio information that i felt like was either clever or necessary well the so the there's one example uh where that's not true but the the thing i'll say to your specific comment is all of the sound effects are normal but like turned up to nine not 11 Mm -hmm. right but like nothing is so insane that it's unbelievable but all the Mm -hmm. explosions are explosions right and all the missiles are zoom missiles right like it's so so all the all the explosions were um were choreographed by mr torque that's right right like (laughs) nothing is nothing is ever at like a four or five intensity, like every missile shot is a nine. Every explosion right. is a nine. The fire, like the, uh, you know, the, the crackling flames noise is a nine. Every time you make a sharp turn, it's the maximum tire screeching noise, right? Like everything's just, 
it's it's cartoony in its consistency like they're pulling from this really simplified sound palette but i think all of that is to create a high maintained tension right every Mm -hmm. missile you fire or that is fired at you sounds equally loud and zoomy and so they all sound close right like they're all right on top of you and and it's all you know just turned way up um Especially like the uh, when you when you die or when another character dies, there's a crazy dramatic scream. There's a crazy car exploding and like metal crashing against the concrete, right? And it's it's all believable. I'm sure in reality, none of it's even close to realistic. But it, none of it stands out as like, oh, this is like a Looney Tune sound effect. It's it's all realistic, but it's all like right near the threshold of of believable. Except when you run out of turbo and you press the turbo button, it makes this completely pathetic click, 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 click. Mm. So mm-hmm. as long as you hold down the turbo button when you do not have any turbo, just click, 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 click. And it just sounds so out of place in like how wimpy and and like just, it might as well just be like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> and and I, I would definitely agree with you that all the sound effects are on theme in the sense that you know and and again this is something that you know when when you're painting a picture you don't realize how difficult it is to do because if you make one brushstroke out of line like it it you don't see the you see the mistakes not the successes right but when you when you start saying that immediately i i my litmus test is okay is our is thing x on theme well one-to-one swap it out with something else in your mind and if it fits that off-branded thing then it's not themed well and if it doesn't then it probably is so my thought was if you took the bomberman sound effects (laughs) you know and put them in place of like every explosion is just a little you know like that's it like that that wouldn't work and then by contrast if you took the explosions from this game and put them into bomberman that would have made for a very different game as well, right? Yeah. Or, or no, or, or, this is or, fair. Or OG Zelda, like the Legend <laughs> of Zelda, like those little bombs. Like, imagine if it's like, <laughs> like this huge explosion every time you did it. I'd be reluctant to put down bombs. I'd be like, man, am I am I the villain? I'm I'm doing a lot of structural damage to these dungeons. These are these are monsters' homes, and and I mean, like, yeah, I call them monsters, but who am I to say that they're monsters? You know, I mean, like, really, what if what if I'm the monster? And then they made Undertale. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I am thinking the few places that the sound effects deviate from what you would expect to a little weird is in the characters' specials, and fortunately, mm-hmm. you don't hear those too too much. Unless you make the mistake of playing as Axel, because every time Axel fires his special, he goes Axel Power, and it's and it makes like a like an electricy like force field because that you know his thing like shoots out like an area of effect spell like radiating out from yep. a center, and it's cool. It's actually a pretty useful special weapon, but every single time you fire it, he Axel Power, right? And so like the. <laughs> The uh the Grim Keeper looking guy, uh, Grim Reaper, Grim Keeper. What the hell's wrong with me? The 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 guy who looks like an Undertaker. Um, he like shoots out this like demon soul from his car, and then it explodes. 
And I mean, like, what mm-hmm. do demon souls sound like? Nobody should know. So, so like, that's, you know, that's a sound they just kind of like made up. But anything that has a real world equivalent basically sounds like what you would imagine it would sound like in an action movie. And that's fine. Yep. Yep. Uh, controls. <laughs> you're, just, you're just champing at the bit there, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Not, uh, not chomping, champing. That's right. No, you, you go right <laughs> ahead, sir. Okay. So let's talk about backing up. So backing up in this game, in my own personal opinion, sucks. It sucks so hard, dude. It's it it sucks like like the 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 like a black hole sucks everything into it. Sucks like you know, like I'm talking you know like several stars having gone supernova, extinguishing all of the light around them and all of the life around them, and then immediately being silenced. Um, I didn't care for it is what I'm driving at. So basically they, they invert the controls when you try to back up, which makes sense, you know, like it does, right? Cause that's, I'm glad you got that out before I was going to have to be like, what were you expecting? to happen? <laughs> but what it does though, is that if I'm saying like, okay, I want to turn in this direction, right? I'm, it, it you know, I mean, there's okay. There's a reason why generally when you're backing up, you should put your arm behind the 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 thing behind you know behind you, and then look in the direction you're going. So that way, it basically effectively uninverts your controls again. You know, it it just the the issue was I had a, I really really struggled to internalize this right. And in a game where split second reaction time matters, and I have run full force into a wall and now need to back up. And I end up backing up in the wrong direction without thinking, then slamming myself back into the wall again. And so I'm basically just running interference back and forth in this wall. <laughs> it 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 matters. Um, and then that leads into the the fact that you know with the live system in the term- tournament, right? Every hit really matters, which is good. But if you've got a particular controls thing that is 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 hitting you, it's it's bad, you know. Because then I'm frustrated because I'm like, well. If I didn't dick around with these controls for you know thirty seconds, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have lost half my health and by extension lost a life and then by extension not carried it into the next level, so on and so forth. So that's also why I was saying okay, but if I had a button where I'm like okay, it, either a you can master these controls, in which case then you don't have to switch the camera, or b I can switch the camera and then just drive the car like I normally would, but in reverse then I think that would be a good way to kind of let people who are either A, just struggling with it, or B, new to the game, able to maneuver their cars. And then as you become an expert, you don't have to flip that camera, which would have like a half second delay. So so, to add an additional wrinkle to this is that when you first start backing up, I may be mistaken, but it felt to me like the controls do not invert immediately if you have momentum so like Mm. if you get blown backwards like if you get hit by a special or there's an explosion or something and you are now moving backwards against your will and you mentally invert the controls because you recognize that you're moving in reverse they actually don't work that way until the car is driving in reverse then it feels like the controls invert and that is the thing that i struggled with and if I'm right about that, then that's a weird choice. If I'm wrong about that, what the hell is going on that made me think <laughs> that's what was happening? And the the thing that really made it jump out at me is 
I, I remembered from when I was a kid, like the drivers that I kind of enjoyed playing the most, but I was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to give everybody their first shot. And like, so I jumped around through, you know, I think all of the drivers, if not almost all of the drivers. And, uh, some of them are a little sluggish cause they have like heavier armor or whatever. So like their controls seem to take forever to invert when I was backing up. And then other drivers like Twister are in a car that makes impossible like 90 degree angle instant turns. Like she's on a friggin' light bike from Tron, right? So when she starts backing up, her controls invert almost instantly because there's this like, I think there's this weird delay baked in. So the phenomenon you are describing, I, I think you're right. It's It's awkward in a way that I don't particularly care for. And I think I was just driving around it. Like I was just playing around not having to back up unless I was playing as like Twister or someone who accelerated very, very quickly. Um, who did you mostly play as? Uh, I mostly played as, oh, what was it? Um, the white race car guy, the actor. Oh, the actor? Yeah, he... Yeah. I think He's he, relatively quick. Yeah, he's, he's relatively quick. So yeah, there there is less of a delay but like warthog right who's in the big I, yeah no warthog was unplayable for yeah me, you know yeah unless you yeah. only go forward right like a like a good american soldier you only march into battle you never retreat was it uh well, was it like the the huns or there, there's like legends of like oh these soldiers they only wear armor on the front so that they'll never retreat you know what i'm talking about like one of those probably apocryphal stories about the scary invaders. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, when you started saying that, I immediately thought of like the sea people, you know, <laughs> no, I'm serious. That That's a real thing. <laughs> it, it was, it was the, what? <laughs> no, it's uh, so, I, I mean, I, <laughs> I would love to take credit for just being hilarious, but no, it's uh and and I'm not a historian, but there was a Bronze Age collapse um, where basically, you know, so before like the classical era, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, but basically, or maybe it was around, I don't know. But anyways, basically the, the, the Bronze Era had built built up, you know, so this is like Egypt and all of those similar countries, right, were um, thriving. And then all of a sudden they just fall off the map. Like, you know, writing almost disappears, uh, you know, a lot of technologies and things that they did kind of completely fell apart. And there's a lot of different theories. Nobody knows why that happened. There are a lot of different theories on it, but there is some record of there being quote unquote sea people who were like these nigh invincible soldiers who came from the sea and that that's what destroyed everything. But I believe the prevailing theory is more so that that was used as propaganda for why everything else was going wrong. Hmm. So that. So when you said like nigh invincible soldiers who only march forward in the battle, I was like, that's just, and I just thought sea people, but I don't <laughs> think that that's. <laughs> that, was, that was a, that was a long, interesting, weird road. We just went down together. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, I don't think anybody booted up the twisted metal two <laughs> episode of nostalgia goggles and expected a, a brief, complete layman and neophytes view on bronze age history. <sighs> yeah that's just they, that's, that's the kind of thing get... you can get here though <laughs> now they yeah know. exactly yeah we we definitely stay on brand all the time but uh all oh, this is true what what oh um inverting controls 
Yeah, so yeah. I, I think the other important thing to mention is this is a PS1 game, which means all of this is happening on the D-pad, right? Yeah. So I'm, I still contend that like doing complicated three-dimensional maneuvers with a D-pad is workable if the engine is good enough for it. Um, and in this game, the driving is so unrealistic. It's so unbelievably unrealistic that you don't really feel like, oh man, if only I had a steering wheel and I could make these like small precision changes. Like, no, I don't want to turn it 29 degrees. I want to turn it 29.1 degrees. Like this is not that this is insane bombastic. Like you're either flying at people or fleeing from them as fast as possible. You're usually in these gigantic wide open spaces. And we'll talk about that in a second. Um, But most of the time, precision is a luxury that you can live your whole life without, right? Like it's just not that big of a deal. And they even make it so that most of the weapons like gently bend or in some cases like homing missiles extremely bend. So it's like, Oh, but I'm not perfectly lined up. It's okay. It's going to hit its mark. It's fine. Right. And, and that's, that's all to me in service of the spawn, like over the top bombastic, nature of everything is like, oh, this isn't what it would feel like to drive a race car. No, because that's not what you're doing. You're not driving a race car. You're a race car driver trying to murder people to get a wish from sort of the devil. Like, it's not a race car game. It's not a tank driving game. It's not a man strapped to two gigantic wheels driving game. It's not a motorcycle driving game. It's not really a driving game. There's just cars in it. (laughs) and i mean and basically what i kind of kept comparing it back to is uh battle mode and super mario kart you know because i mean it's Hmm. it's 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 pretty much the same thing right and i i did not so then when i'd say like am i being fair i'd be like well you know did did mario do it better and in this case for especially for the inverted controls i feel that they did because i don't ever remember getting frustrated like this with like getting with pinning myself against a wall you know don't get me wrong i did it to me you know (laughs) (laughs) but like it would get very frustrating and i think also too the level design very much so like makes it very likely for you to pin yourself against the wall right so just off the top of my head because i mean like there's sometimes where there are huge buildings and basically like alleys you know so if you kind of do drift off to the side and then you clip the clip the wall and then you go spinning out of control and now you're at like a dead stop you know perpendicular to the road you're gonna kind of have to do a three-point turn which is weird in this game (laughs) and 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 so that was the -the over-the-top bombastic action i i think that basically if you took mario kart battle mode as like a baseline i feel that they dialed up the action and dialed down some of your control nuance you know and so that that just struck me as I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, and it, so uh, I'm I'm torn between which of these two directions to go in first. So I'll I'll choose the shorter path as the first one. Um, always be driving forward. A A B D F. Right, like you. I had way more success as a combatant. You know, if I didn't ever try to maneuver in a particularly clever way, like it was a lot easier to go flying at people, guns a-blazing, go careening past them, and then do an insane 180-degree turn, and then go flying back at them, right? There, there was 
very, very few times I found myself in any of the levels, because I, I do want to talk a lot about the level design, but there was very, very few times where I was ever like, oh, we're having a showdown, and you know, I have more life than them, and I have the better armor, and we're just going to shoot it out until they're dead. Like That happened, but it wasn't a lot, and it's not a great strategy, because unless that's the last combatant, you still leave hurt, right? Mm-hmm. So it's I just found a lot more success just flying by them, unleashing a few missiles, Right, which meant I didn't often allow myself to end up in circumstances where I had to make careful turns away from walls, except in New York City. In New York City, because you can fall to your death, right? Because you're driving on the rooftops of New York City, and there are a bunch of interior spaces that are relatively small compared to how large the, most of the maps are. In that level, there were a lot of times where I was like, oh, God, I'm pinned in a corner and I am getting (laughs) I'm getting murdered up the butt and it is not pleasant. Right. Like just a lot of dying face down in a corner in New York City. And I'm not it feels like there's low hanging fruit to make a mean joke about New York City there. So I just did by saying I wasn't going to. Yeah. (laughs) New York City knows what it did. (laughs) But there's there's just there's a lot of opportunity to not get trapped in a corner, but when you either do accidentally, or if you choose to, like if your play style is like put people up against the wall, you're right. Being able to back up effectively would be nice. And you can't. Right. Um, And that was just my, my intuitive play style. The one other thing um, that I want to make sure that we touch on. So, I mean, like, and, and to your point, and I can kind of, do this as a throwaway comment which was uh yeah in new york there's a whole bunch of places where you can get stuck and fall off the edge without paying attention thank god it's not the last level um (laughs) but there's a password system which kind of curtails that problem with cycle time and um here's my question is why do the machine guns even exist because Every car has me now just let me let me finish (laughs) bitching about this for a second because every car Every car has them, right? And they do so little damage that realistically, you are way better off blowing right by somebody, getting some specials or missiles or whatever, and then going and finding them and unleashing that versus like I literally for, I didn't time it, but for about two minutes, just followed behind somebody with the machine guns, just trying to keep them in my sights. And I think I did like half of their health and damage, you know? So I'm like, this is, I mean, it's exhausting, you know? So I was just kind of like, just just either make the machine guns do more damage, which would make the specials less special, you know, or like get rid of them entirely and and just, you know, go with the specials. And at first I was like, well, you can't get rid of the machine guns. Then what are you going to do when you don't have a special? And then I thought, wait, that's exactly how Mario Kart battle mode works. (laughs) And that kind of works okay. So, yeah, I mean, for me, based on my driving skill, and I, I mean that in an objective way, not that I have a high level of driving skill. Um, for me, the machine guns serve two purposes. Uh, one is so I'm never completely unequipped, right? So I'm always, I you know, ABS, always be shooting, always be driving mm-hmm. forward, always be shooting. Uh, and two, as supplementary damage as a reward for good driving. So if you're across the map and I'm coming toward you, and I have, say, like, the napalm, which I kind of need to be close-ish to have work effectively, if I'm driving 
toward you vaguely, the machine guns are not helping me because they're firing off every which way. If I'm driving straight ass at you, then I can be firing the machine guns in anticipation of when I'm going to fire the power missile or launch the napalm or drop the timed bomb or whatever. And so they're doing enough damage to be a nice little reward for accurately pointing my car at a target, but they're not doing so much damage that if you have really terrible aim with your specials and have to rely on the machine guns that you could go on to be successful. So like for me, it was like, Hey, you drove well, you did a little extra damage because you were pointed at them. Not like you won because of the machine guns. So let's see if I can, if I can math my way through to crapping on your theory. So <laughs> no, so, so here's, cause I, I, I did, I, I put some, some thought into this and, and like I said, mostly just cause I was frustrated with it. So, you know, I am very much so compromising coming from an emotional place. So let's just get that out of the way uh, <laughs> off the top um, is okay. So let's just say that the machine gun does one tenth the amount of damage that like a special does. Right. You know, or because I mean, the machine guns really is in like damage per second, whereas you know the the other one is quantized in being hit, right? But let's say that you would have to keep your guns trained on somebody for a grand total of let's say twenty seconds, right? To equip to be do an equivalent amount of damage that a single special attack would do, right? So that means then that because in the end, you either kill somebody or you don't. Right. So <laughs> such is the nature of combat. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's the thing is that you either deal a total amount of damage that is greater than their hit points or less than, right. Mm-hmm. You know, so arguably it doesn't, if, if you say like, okay, well it takes five specials to end this person. Right. Then unless I do one specials worth of damage, right. Then it doesn't, I, I, I have done no damage, right. Because they're still alive. You know, especially in this game where it's it's kind of you against everybody, unless it's you know two player couch co op, right? But when it's kind of you against everybody, it's like, look, I I either killed them or I didn't. You know, so so the way I kind of look at it is, it's like how when I was looking at it, as I was like, how much sustained machine gun fire would I have to lay down on this person to equal one quanta of special damage? You know, and to me, the answer was not much. So. Or, or sorry, way, way too much. Like I'm not dealing enough damage to the machine gun. So, so to your point of like, if we keep sustained fire on them, like as I'm driving up, I'd have to do that a number of times to equal enough to make that the difference between basically life and death, you know? And I said all that just because I was salty because, you know, <laughs> like I said, I would just like pour machine gun fire into people and then they would like turn around and hit me with a special. And I'm like, well, that was clearly, I mean, and, and they must have been trying to disincentivize that play style, right? But, like, there would be a cluster of, like, three people all, like, hashing it out. And I'm like, neat. I'm going to stay on the periphery and just tag all of you while you guys all slug it out in the, in the ring. And then one person would get wise, turn, and then special me. And I'm like, well, I dealt you, like, an eighth of damage over the last 10 seconds I've been trying to do this. And then you turned and in a half a second dealt me you know, a quarter of my damage or whatever. Right. You know, so I, I, it just, it was, it was frustrating. So the act of having the machine guns made me think that they did something, you know, whereas again, like in Mario Kart is when, you know, it, like you said, it's like, I, I need to always be armed in Mario Kart. You weren't a lot of the time. So when I 
it took me a while to learn if I don't have a special, I am effectively unarmed. Like I should be actively looking for specials, not I should, I don't have a special. I'm fine. I still have my machine gun. I'm going to, I'm going to use that. No, I, I think you're right. And I, because I had a much thicker nostalgia experience with this game than you did, <laughs> I only played for 15 minutes before I was like, why am I getting my lunch at as bad as I'm getting my lunch at? I was like, oh, because I am finding a prey and then stopping to engage with them, like, pardon me, do you have any Grey Poupon style? Like, that's not, <laughs> that is not the way this combat engine is balanced. They expect you to be on the move constantly. Only a fool lets their foot off the accelerator. So once I started playing that way, I'm not saying it's that's like the optimal way to play, but a moving target is harder to hit. And some of the people have like big area of effect things. So you really need to be on the move damn near all the time. And that was the only way I was able to find consistent success. And that that's why I drifted into, oh, the machine guns are a reward for accurate driving because I'm zooming past them to go get missiles and then I'm going to come back and fire those very missiles right up their butt. But on the way there, I also want to be laying down some machine gun fire because it, it might make a difference on my like fourth or fifth pass, right? Like the amount of machine gun fire, if I was driving accurately after that fourth or fifth pass, <laughs> that might make the difference between having to do a sixth pass, right? So I'm I'm extrapolating really wildly here just from like my experience versus your experience. Maybe both of us just suck miserably and neither of us <laughs> were doing what the game actually expected, but this was the only way I was able to find consistent success. And, and, and you were certainly more successful than me. So, I mean, like I said, I am, I am more than happy to say, you know, what I was doing was not working and I clearly got frustrated and, you know, so I, and that's entirely fine but like, like i said i just to me the the machine guns were a, a red herring you know where it was like this this does damage and it's like no it's the goggles they do nothing you know like, <laughs> yeah no i mean you you could be if you were driving defensively where you weren't taking a lot of damage you could absolutely have tremendous school. success only using specials because specials are where all the money is right so that's yeah. there, there's no question about that um, I do want to uh, talk about the level design because I realized, depending on who you're playing, there's essentially a level that's good for you and a level that's bad for you. And then most of the levels are like fairly well balanced, right? The first level is not a completely flat plane, but it is an open space uh, with the the middle is like raised on a plateau and then there's the road around the outside that's lowered down right so there's sort of places to hide like briefly but you can't really hide for a long time so everybody's sort of in in their battle royale mode but then later there's levels where the ground is literally lava not like lava lava and then there's levels like new york city where you can fall to your death and it's an instant death in a game where you only have two lives right and so if you're playing as Twister, Twister has a way harder time in New York City than someone who doesn't accelerate instantly to their top speed, right? And then, uh, like, Warthog has a way easier time in Holland because Holland is a completely featureless flat plane, and it's the smallest level by far, and he has the best armor, right? So 
that level is designed for him because he could just march around murdering people and they're just like, oh God, we can't get away from this guy, right? Whereas in New York City, Twister is at a massive disadvantage, right? So there's a seemingly a lot of thought, a lot of thought went into not just balancing the combatants against each other, but balancing the combatants in the levels so that you as a player cannot just behave one way, right? If you're a twister, you can drive all crazy in LA. You cannot drive all crazy in New York. If you're a warthog, you can own Holland because like that's designed for you. But a level like uh, Hong Kong, where you have to kind of chase people down side streets is harder because everyone is faster than you, right? So there's, it's seemingly a tremendous amount of thought went into variation in levels that gave some players advantages and some players disadvantages so that every battle doesn't play out identically. Yeah, I, I certainly agree with that. And, um, and I think that, you know, basically they kind of went through and said, Okay, which which level is going to be the warthog level? Level like what does that what does that look like? Um, and the fact that they've tied it to a story, right, makes sense to why you can't. It's good to leverage that because they're they're saying like, okay, well, we know for a fact because we built the game this way is that you will be playing the same racer through every stage, which means that you are going to have a stage that is really easy for you, a stage that is really hard for you, and some stages that are mostly in the middle. You know. Um, so, which takes a lot of time, energy and effort, but the fact that it's, it's story-based, I think kind of makes it good for them because it's just it, unlike super Mario brothers two, where it's like, why in the world can't <laughs> I switch between these people at each stage? You know, that would be silly. Um, it's like, no, you, you, there is no collaboration here. You are all trying to kill each other and you are one person. You are trying to get your wish from Calypso. Right. So, you know, that's that's why you can't switch your racer to maximize so that we are always picking the right racer for the right track as you're going through it, which would be, you know, not 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 what the game masters intended. So so, yeah, I think that that was very, um, very clever. And I cannot imagine how much time, energy and effort that took, because to like you said, to balance the racers both against each other and against the stage is uh, is, is very impressive. So did you, you mentioned the password system. Do you like the password system? Because at first I was really annoyed by it because I had to go look the passwords up because I was like, I'm not going to write these down myself. What am I, an animal? But hmm. the more I was playing the game, the more I thought about what must this have been like for me as a kid with only one copy of this game that I shared you know, with my my two friends that I played this game with. Oh, there was no swapping memory cards. There was no overwriting each other's saves. There was no, there's no complicated continue system built in. There's no, there's nothing. There is only the game, right? Like it is this, this pristine little artifact that can't be corrupted by your ridiculous notion of saving and picking up where you left off. You do everything through passwords and you always start, whenever you use a password to jump to a level, you always start with two lives, right? So that that effectively is your continue. It's it's elegant in a way. And the, the thing that really tied it together for me as being right for this game and the way this game is designed is this game has freaking Street Fighter combos. And I forgot about this, and I'm glad that this came up during the episode because... 
when I was just like, oh, is there a review camera button? No, there isn't. But if you do left, right, up, you will fire a freeze blast. If you do right, left, up, you will fire a napalm. If you do up, up, left, you will jump. There are, there's a shield. There's an entire, an entire secondary suite of special moves the game doesn't tell you exist. <laughs> Maybe they were in the instruction manual. I don't have the original instruction manual. Maybe you just had to learn them from your friends. But here's the thing. This game was designed at a weird time in video game history because Sony was like just trying to kind of get their act together and they didn't really know like what they were doing in, in games on the original PlayStation. And if you fall off of New York in the right spots the the building lights below spell out some of the special controls and kind of instead of it's like oh that looked like ll triangle and it's like it incentivizes you to like go go try it out go see what happens when you press like you know left left triangle or you know like right left up or whatever the the key combo is and then like maybe something good happens and like now you have that in your repertoire and you can write it down on your password sheet that you give to your buddy when you loan him the game like i i really I like the password system, not because I think it's an elegant way to do what they did, which it totally is, but I like the password system because it is a game mechanic. It's a gamey, video gamey thing that somehow feels super appropriate for a world that lets your race car do Street Fighter combos. (laughs) it's, It's just, it's not often that the parts of the game that make it a video game somehow also feel super thematic. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's weirdly elegant. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I liked the password system. Um, just because generally anytime when, you know, I don't get punted back to the very beginning of everything when I get to like, <laughs> no, I made it this far. Uh, I, I appreciate that because cycle time is going to be written on my tombstone. Uh, so to address <laughs> To address both of the things you said, one is I, I I like the password system. The one minor thing that, and you can make an argument both ways, but the way I would like to see it is getting all of your lives back at each level. You know, because mm-hmm. if if I die on a level, I'm just going to plug in the password to restart at that level. You know, so what it incentivizes me to do and this was not even i think a concept at the time because saving was just a new thing to to video games but is it encourages saves coming you know we're basically every time i get to a new level and i now get the password it behooves me to quit and then plug in the password to get all of my lives back because i don't want to get halfway through this lengthy stage and the 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 playtime on each stage is pretty long you know so I don't want to spend five five minutes running everybody down and having a hair of health left on zero lives and being like, well, I died. If I had had the two lives, I would have I would have made it. You know, so it, it kind of incentivizes saves coming. Um, yeah, you know, but that's that's a minor thing. You know, um, no, and actually, I I like that pushback because that had not consciously occurred to me, but I think I actually did that once or twice. <laughs> where, where I got to a level and I had zero, you know, zero lives remaining. And so I just immediately, because I knew it was a level that I was not good at. And I just immediately reset the game and entered the passcode. And I was like, yeah, I think I did that at least two, maybe three times, which would I, I would have done zero times if I'd gotten my lives back <laughs> at the beginning of every time. So that's, huh. 
Interesting. <laughs> well, and I think that, that this is one of the things that, you know, because I one of the things that, and I'm just going to, you know, wax tan, this isn't really even a tangent, but um, <laughs> it's sentimental. Is, uh, you know, one of the things I really have enjoyed about doing this podcast is that, you know, we are both been gamers since forever, but, and we both, enjoy similar types of games and we you know both play games somewhat similarly but there are some ways that we approach games that is just fundamentally different in some areas and i do think that i tend to be a little bit more machiavellian in some (laughs) of my approaches yeah like yeah no this is fair (laughs) because i remember when we were playing kirby and it was a similar thing where if you continued you know then you got all three of your lives back and then you, you know, could go through the stage. But if you, you know, went through the stage and you hit a checkpoint and then you lost all of your lives, you got kicked back to the beginning of the stage. But in between stages, you didn't get all of your lives back. So at the beginning of each stage, I would murder my Kirby to death. <laughs> so that way I'd start the stage with three lives every time. I'd murder him to death, continue. So I started with three lives, which maximized my ability. And on that podcast as well, you're like, I didn't, that didn't occur to me to just <laughs> suicide myself to maximize my effort, you know? So... So to me, it's just kind of like, yeah, of course, at, at the end of every stage, I quit out and got all my lives back. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, you could do that. So, so yeah, just now I'm starting to see a trend where it's like, am, am, am I a monster? I might be a monster. Well, let's think on that more later. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't want to go too far off on this because there's there's a couple other things we need to to touch on. Um, but I, I'm trying to imagine you can't have a world in which save scumming is... I should say, I can't think of a way you could have a world in which save scumming is impossible and you also present the maximum challenge to the player. Because for someone who says, I want to try and play through and not continue, I only want to use my three lives, that would be an impossible challenge for you to set yourself if every time you got two lives back, right? They would have to balance the difficulty of the game with the understanding that you will get two lives at the top of every level which might make the game more difficult in other ways or harder to balance in other ways, but making it so you don't recover your lives is what enables save scumming in, in this particular game, right? Is there, there would be no save scumming, but there would also not be that like player settable challenge, I guess. And I'm trying to think like, is there a way to balance that? I, I think that there is, and again, not to, to run too far afield on this, but I think that the, the counter that I could give to that is that, there are many games that do not have a timer, but speed runs exist, you know? So, (laughs) (laughs) so, I mean, like you, you can set whatever dumb challenge you want to yourself, you know? So, so I would say that, that the, the counter that would just be, if you want to play through saying, I'm going to play through using only three lives and just count how many times you die. If you die more than three times and shut the game off and try and and you do the same thing with like, I'm going to go through and never like, like do they, what what was it? It's always called like the, the severe difficulty or, um, I forget. There are some games that have it where it's like, if you die, you die, and it deletes your save file. Uh, like that's yeah. it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I've I've never played a game on that difficulty ever. Like, nope, no. Um, but th- th- that stuff exists, you know. So, so I think that 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 would be, you know, the the w- the way to do it would be if somebody wants that challenge, they can just set themselves for that challenge. Or, and this is the one other thing I wanted to make sure I touched on, and then we can go through all of whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> um, is uh, is there is no difficulty setting on this game, which is fine. No, no, there are nope, many games. Nope, that do- not true. Oh, there is. Yeah, 
And I missed it entirely. Where was it? It's in the con- like the config options screen. Really? Yeah, it's before oh. you choose what it's before you choose anything else. It's it's on the title screen. Oh, so there's one player, two player, and then t- you're right at yeah. the bottom right. There's so, options. So I'll tell you, it's just as well that you didn't go looking for that or find it because there's easy, medium, and hard. I think or like easy, medium, difficult, something like that. You can only play like the first two or three levels on easy. And so mm. like it's a fine way to introduce yourself to the concept of the game. But basically you have to play on medium to the point where if you are playing on easy and then you go like if you set it to easy and then you go to one player and you enter a password, if you try to go to a level that's inaccessible, it says like level unlocked difficulty switch to medium. So so, hmm. so like the fact that you only played on medium is kind of the difficulty they intended for the game because they made easy essentially unfinishable right it's like a tease right and then hard is for people who want the extra challenge right but medium i think is the intended level of balance right and so and you know now that you're mentioning it i do remember when i first picked up the game i i found the difficulty setting and set it down to easy and then every subsequent time I played it that just was wiped from my memory. And I didn't even, you know, I don't, I don't know why my brain, you know, records skipped on that. Well, That's bizarre. But. Cause you, you may have been thinking in the modern context of, well, I already said it. Mm. Right? But, I, I'm uh, not going to go reset it. I already said it. But that being said is, is messing around with the lives and stuff like that. That would be a good for like, you know, a difficulty setting. Mm-hmm. Like if, if you don't want your lives to regenerate at each level or you want to only have one life or whatever, you know, you can make that a, 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 a setting in the menu. But what else did you want to talk about? Oh, I just had a couple uh, insane things I had to mention before we wrap up, which is um, this game, uh, just like crazy Street Fighter combos, just like secrets hidden uh, in the streetlights of New York, uh, just like um, the insane endings, which I don't know, some of the endings are, are worth discussing because, oh my God, but... Um... Well, and, and on the note of the endings, I thought it was fascinating that in some of them, like like the, the main overarching theme is that, you know, like that, you know, like my, my greed, my hubris, <laughs> I deserve this, yeah. you know, like very, you know, very monkey's paw, right? But there is some of them where Calypso gets his comeuppance, you know, mm-hmm. like it's weird. It's, it's, it's very, you know, after I watched the first few of them, because, you know, you sent me the YouTube link, which I greatly appreciate. The words watch like the first three. I'm like, I get it. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's you know the we're the monsters like okay that's kind of cool you know but then some of them calypso gets got and i'm like wait but the so now i'm like sitting there doing this deep mental dive on like well when does calypso get got like who 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 are the players that we should be because then the villain actually gets their comeuppance and i'm like well it's like the undertaker and the police officer what does that mean you know and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then I just, I don't know. And then I lost the thread, but like, yeah, that's, it's, it's, it's odd thematically, but anyways, continue. Well, and, and, and that's, that's actually not as much of a tangent as you might be imagining because the fact that some of the endings are very like weirdly serious and some of them are like shockingly silly and stupid is right in line with what I was going to say, which is this game reminds me a lot of another game that came out around this time, Duke Nukem 3D. Because mm-hmm. there are all these little silly things in the game 
that really feel like they were put there by a 13 year old boy. Right. And, and the, the best example, the best single example is in New York city. If you look off in the distance, you can see the statue of Liberty. If you fire a rocket at it, nothing happens. If you fire another rocket at it, nothing happens. But I think on the third rocket, it explodes and reveals the woman underneath wearing a red bikini. Wow. Right. That That is. Yeah. Which I'll well, bet and, as a kid, I was probably like, oh, my God, that's so funny and cool. And now as an adult, I'm just like, adults decided to put that in there. That was, that was written for children, but by adults. <laughs> yeah. Like they had to think that. And, and I definitely, so a part of me wonders though, if that's a, and I would almost certainly be giving more credit than deserve, but is that a, is that a Samus reference? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and your your long pause. I think is, you're like, I don't want to think about it, dude. I, I don't. Like, I just. I God, man. <laughs> like, is that be a deep cut? You know, because then the real joke would be on the people who thought it was just juvenile, right? Like, oh, look at the boobs. It's like actually, what we're trying to do is juxtapose the fact that video games haven't come as far as we think. Because look at where the fact that we're still, you know, objectifying women in video games as we did back in the NES days. Like, it, it would be this huge, deep reference cut and social commentary, or it's just a woman in a bikini that was the Statue of Liberty. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, f- going forward, I'm gonna make my head cannon what you said, but I'm pretty sure reality <laughs> is what I said. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right. Like when I when I was saying it, I'm like, I don't. If this, I w- I I want this to be true. Yeah, like I want this to, but it's be but the game the you want to see in the world, George. The truth is, we're the weak, and they're the tyranny of evil men. <laughs> it. W- w- what else? No, I mean we we could probably do an entire episode just discussing all of the story conclusions, but. Um, yeah. here, here's what I'll do. Uh, I will actually put into the show notes for this episode, a link to the YouTube video that has all of the endings because they're, they're interesting. Like they're worth watching. There is probably an interesting discussion to be had about each ending, even the silly ones, just like why that ending. Um, so yeah, I will honest to God, put a link in the show notes to the YouTube video so you can see all of the endings for twisted metal two. But now, now we can, now we can move on. Excellent. So, uh, so from your vantage point, did it hold up? So I gave this a nostalgia monocle and I gave this a confident nostalgia monocle because the bugs that I encountered, which I didn't talk about over the course of the episode, but there are some times where the physics engine just completely goes to pot. Things just happen in a way that is impossible to recover from. It's awkward. It's annoying. It's, often kills you and is experience breaking, but it, it doesn't happen so often that it makes the game unplayable. It's just when it happens, it's, it sucks the fun out. It's, it's, it's like letting the air out of balloons. Just fun is instantly gone. But then like the password system is like, well, okay, the cycle time is all right. Like I can, I can get back to where I was. This isn't game breaking, but when you combine some of that weirdness with the D pad driving, which is not like I was okay with it, because I lived through this time in history, but that's a hard thing to recommend to someone with like a a more modern games literacy only where they don't 
have you know nostalgia from this time um so it's like i don't i didn't struggle to give it a nostalgia monocle i didn't struggle to give it nostalgia goggles or to give it no nostalgia goggles i was like nostalgia monocle no question like that is what this game deserves and like for me i think it was a nostalgia so here's here's where i'm at with it is it's like a nostalgia monocle very closely bordering on nostalgic goggles or vice versa. Like if you asked me on a particular day, my response would vary based on my mood. You know, like that's, <laughs> that's how close it is to the fence. We're just like, if I am, <laughs> if I have like just gotten frustrated in any capacity about anything, you know, I would then just take out my wrath on somebody asking me like, well, what do you think of this game? It's like, oh, it's nostalgic goggles, you know? And if I was in a benevolent move, I'd say nostalgia monocle. It definitely, the, the driving is, um, is you know like the d-pad driving is lackluster like but really to kind of justify what i i have to kind of do is i talk briefly about borderlands the borderlands not (laughs) borderlands 2 borderlands that game is fine but after playing borderlands 2 it is almost unplayable you know because borderlands 2 does everything that borderlands 1 does and it does it better way better right so the thing is that if somebody said, should I go back and play Twisted Metal 2? I'd say, no, play Twisted Metal 3. I haven't played Twisted Metal 3, but I naturally have to assume that once they had dual analog sticks that they started to take care of some of this stuff. So there are later ones in the series to where I'm like, I would probably say play one of the later ones, not not this one. Um, because overall, was it the worst game in the world? No, but I could say it was pretty twisted. The curtain falls. The music plays, the credits roll, then it all fades to black. And you're left by yourself, the fanfare is gone. There's no player two there by your side to share victories won. But as you slowly progress down the hall to your bed, a few great events leak back into your head From the time that you spent Traversing the land Battling evil, fighting the darkness Just sword in hand Your memories creeping With the end of a smile You realize again What you lost for a while
I am Lions, and I thank you for listening to this episode about Twisted Metal. <laughs>